From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind, and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Lawanjira Suladet. In the Andaman Sea, on the west coast of southern Thailand, lies a group of islands called Surin Islands. The area is one of the healthiest shallow coral reef habitats and draws thousands of snorkeling tourists each year. In 2020, after end of tourist season, the Morgan Sea nomads, who have long settled in the area, initiated a beach restoration project to safeguard their ancestral environment and also to find a way to survive. They set up a team to collect garbage, which was washed ashore by ocean currents, including those underwater. After sorting, they transport the garbage by boat to recycle on the coast, about 60 kilometers away. For their first year attempt, the Morgans of Sulin Islands collected four tons waste, half of plastic materials, which, if not collected, can break down and re-enter the ocean as microplastic. Another half were cheap ropes and fishing nets, which they often found tangled up around coral reefs. They want to continue their waste collecting and recycling project. However, funding is an issue as recycling money is not enough to cover salary and transportation. Morgan's Absolin Islands are one of the three sea nomadic tribes living in Thailand. For centuries, Morgan sailed across the Andaman Sea freely in large wooden boats, in which they also lived for most of the year. They only came ashore for shelters during storm and heavy rains. They lived off the sea and traded their sea cash for necessities, which are mainly rice and chili. Morgan Sea nomads have their own language. They develop exceptional diving ability without using any special equipment. Their big boat, about 10 meters long, called Gabang, is dug out from huge log. Naturally, they acquired their own good sailing and navigating skills. As national borders became stricter, Morgans are obliged to settle down on shore. A small number have chosen Sulin Islands in Thailand, which is the farthest south of Mergui Archipelago. Mergui Archipelago is off Myanmar coast. It is home to bigger groups of Morgans. In 1981, Surin Islands were declared a national park. National park regulations inevitably prevent Morgans from sea nomadic way of living. They are, since then, not allowed to harvest the sea and gather from the forest. People are more aware of the Morgans' existence when they survived the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami unscattered, owing to their knowledge of the sea passed down by the elders. After the catastrophe, they are compelled to live in one small bay. As of 2021, there are about 80 families of more than 300 people in the village. They are crammed in a strip of bamboo huts lining the beach. Because of its spectacular shallow coral reefs, Sulin Islands National Park accommodates tourists with lodging and snorkeling packages. Morgans living nearby are high for manual labor as cleaners and gardeners. Some young men work as boatmen, 
Sulin Islands National Park is open for visiting only six months a year and is closed during monsoon season. This means the Morgans will have no source of income for another half of a year. There are many proposals and projects trying to empower and sustain the Morgans so they can survive with their own capabilities. Ecotourism is one alternative. Today we have two distinguished guests to discuss the possibility of ecotourism in the Morgans community. First is Associate Professor Dr. Narumon Arunotai, Director of Social Research Institute, Jhulalongkorn University. She ran the research unit on indigenous peoples and development alternatives. Dr. Danumon is a leading figure in the study of sea nomads in Thailand, particularly the Morgans of Sulin Islands. At first, her focus was on anthropological study, but after seeing several problems faced by the Morgan community, she also includes in her work the issues like nationality, cultural heritage, ecotourism, and development of youth guides and participatory community planning. Dr. Nalumon is instrumental in liaison between the Morgans community, agencies of the Thai government, and international organizations. Since 1997, Jula University has been carrying out several field projects with support from UNESCO and other funding sources in recognizing Morgan indigenous rights and implementing sustainable development projects with the involvement of the Morgans. Another special guest of ours today came far from China, but she is of Bengali Indian origin and grew up in Africa, Uttara Saka Chris. She is a veteran ecotourism and sustainable living planner, as well as tour operator and consultant. She has worked in Nepal, India, Malaysia, and Africa, and is currently based in Southwest China region. But because of the current COVID-19 pandemic, Uttara has been stranded in Bangkok. Since 2004, Uttara has been working in Geotang, which is also called Shangri-La, in the northwest of Yunnan, China. Geotang is known to possess the highest plant diversity in the northern hemisphere. It has been the breakout of international botanists since the 19th century. We will be discussing with both Uttara and Narumon, first on Morgan's own project. The Morgan people have initiated West Collection Project. Nalumon, with their circumstances, how can they make that project happening and roaring? Actually, the Morgan have been using their culture uh, for protecting, using the area. So they have uh, the ethic of conservation embedded in their life. So, for example, when I did my field work among the Morgan, uh, I don't see that we generate any garbage because things uh, that they use in daily life are from, from the nature. But by and by, with the coming of modernization and tourism, then they adopt the consumption pattern of tourists and urban people who come to the island. So this is also the big issue with waste collection. I think we need to deal with the issue of waste production. <laughs> is it possible to sustain them? Uh, it can, because... Uh, in the project, when they collect garbage, they have to sail or they have to take the boats out. And then the knowledge about uh, ecological significance of the island uh, is still there. They know which bay would be the 
the area where the garbage uh, was flown in by the tide and by the wind. Practically, they know the area very well. And like I mentioned elsewhere, that they have their own name, place names that call the bay, the beach, uh, rocky area uh, around the national park, uh, much, much more than Thai names. So, you know, when they refer to one area, uh, the whole community knew what they meant. Come to Otara. So what's your advice in terms of when the community initiate their own project so that they can survive? Well, I believe that it is always the indigenous people who are dependent on a resource for their livelihood. They will never overuse their resource and they will protect it because otherwise they won't have food or won't be able to live. So I think they are the best guardians of the place. And you think that the, the project that they create will be able to sustain them? I think yes, but in this case, because some modernization has already come in, tourism has come in, national park governance has come in, they will need help. And uh, there could be cross-assistance among this group. So what are they, the cross-assistance? First of all, if the national park uh, could see that the Mokan people are part of the ecosystem, then there would be slightly different governance and the rules uh, could be made to accommodate them. And after that, there could be uh, cross uh, information, like the National Park could be helping the Mokan people, the Mokan people could be helping the National Park, and same thing with tourism. It's the Mokan people uh, be helped to set a code of conduct, which the guests would have to follow. So that could stop the creation of more garbage. What do you think, Narumon, if the National Park has like recognized and valued the uh, knowledge of the Morgan people? Um, I really agree because actually the Morgan community in ideology and the National Park, they have the same goal of conservation. The Morgan, you know, like Uttara said, their way of life is really in line with nature. You know, they, they create uh, really little effect on natural resources. And it, it's, it's in line with the park that would like to conserve natural resources. But then I think the national park neglect traditional knowledge and the value of conservation for th of the Morgan. So the national park used the, the new method, you know, whatever they learn, their way of seeing the area as different zones, you know, like conservation zone, recreation zone, use zone, would be different than the Mokan, who saw the zone as sacred zone, cemetery zone. But then if you translate all these zones division, it is uh, for the purpose of uh, conservation. So I think uh, if we use the knowledge and experience from the Mokan uh, in order to increase um, the, the way of conservation, it will be good. We will discuss about ecotourism after a short break. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. What is ecotourism? Ecotourism is 
responsible travel to natural areas that conserve the environment, sustain the well-being of the local people, and involves interpretation and education, as defined by the International Ecotourism Society based in the United States. Uttara and her team with World Wildlife Fund China's successful panda conservation and ecotourism elements at Wanglang National Nature Reserve in Sichuan Province has become a pioneering project for giant panda conservation and ecotourism for financial and educational benefits for all stakeholders. I will continue my discussion on ecotourism for the Morgans with Uttara and Narumun. I will start with uh, Uttara. So your ecotourism project has been used as a master plan in China. So what are the key elements in organizing an ecotourism project? Um, the most important is that there has to be an ecotourism asset. Uh, ecotourism is more experiential travel where people learn and also where they experience a lifestyle and they learn from it. It's more immersive journeys. So most important uh, is that there has to be an ecotourism asset. And in this case, it would be the Mokan natural way of life. Um, the second, in ecotourism, all the stakeholders have to understand and work with each other. In Setuan, what we did was once we narrowed down the stakeholders to those who would be directly affected, uh, we devised a plan uh, called Appreciative Participatory Planning and Action Plan. And we progressed on that basis, including the stakeholders, and uh, how we could establish optimum land use uh, for both parties, optimum land protection for both parties. Then the next question was, how can we meet livelihood targets of the people? Uh, we had to devise a plan uh, so that uh, plans were set on how uh, the tribal people could earn a living on the periphery of the forest with the permission of the national park. So what is the uh, ecotourism assets in Yunnan? So in Yunnan, in Shangri-La, the ecotourism assets are the mountains, uh, the cultural uh, life of the people, including festivals, the sacred sites for pilgrimage, and then the seasons and what the seasons bring, which is a, a, a huge amount of grassland flowers and mountain flowers, food items like mushrooms and walnuts and medicinal plants and herbs, and the scenery, the spectacular scenery, as well as the uh, life of the different tribal groups, the Tibetan, the Nashi, the Lisu, and the Moso, in a nutshell. Our turn to Narumon. So you have started what you term creative tourism with the Morgan at Sulin Island. So what are they? Can, can it bring income or safeguard the ways of life? 
creative tourism uh, have uh, several definitions, but I think the core idea is uh, interaction, learning from one another, um, having gained uh, experiential uh, with your senses, and then being inspired by one another. So it's not like one way tourists go to uh, the Morgan community, take picture, and then leave. Um, it's more of a mutual um, activities and appreciation that they have on one another. So I think uh, your question, whether creative tourism can bring uh, income, definitely it can. And it can also bring more than income. It can bring uh, more appreciation of cultural values, um, learning opportunity for tourists. But it also means that tourists uh, should have like basic knowledge before they go. Tourists have to know code of conduct before they go into the community. So what is the tourism assessment project that you did with the Morgan so far? Mm. Uh, creating activities that the tourists can learn from the Morgan, like some simple activity for the Morgan, like rowing the boat, uh, going into the forest, and uh, learning about ethnobotany, whatever they uh, plants that they use for their house, for their boats, for their medicine, um, uh, diving or doing snorkeling with the Morgan, you know, and learning about the, the resources or the fish uh, that the, the Morgan uh, use in their daily life. And also craft making with the Morgan that they have pandanus mats made of pandanus strips. So uh, some, you know, simple pattern that the tourists can learn. That brings closeness between the tourists uh, and the Moccan people. But before the uh, COVID pandemic, we saw mass tourism coming to the Moccan village, you know, taking photos and selfies and very intrusive. You know, basically it's like a human zoo. Mm. So how can we change this? Uh, I think many destinations in Thailand have been really popular. <laughs> uh, and mass tourism uh, has seen as the way for economic growth. But during the pandemic, I think uh, the government or even the Department of Tourism uh, themselves learn more about uh, how mass tourism can bring negative impact. And then they realize that, you know, uh, slow uh, tourism or even secondary city tourism, uh, indigenous tourism, ethnic tourism, uh, community-based tourism might be beneficial uh, to the community and to the whole country rather than mass tourism. So Uttara, how can we avoid that kind of tourism? I think, first of all, the asset has to be strong. In this case, for example, the tribal people living on the periphery of Wang Lang had to be allowed to live their life. And when ecotourism started, after the basis was prepared, then guests would accompany them and see and experience, but not be intrusive. And we had to set very strict uh, codes of conduct uh, for the staff, for the uh, people, uh, the tribal people, and for the guests. One of them, for example, is, is on arrival. Every guest got a bag. Uh, and they had to give a 100 renminbi deposit. So they had to keep all their personal garbage in that bag. And when the, on departure, the bag was returned, 
their 100 renminbi would be returned. So kind of simple, practical uh, um, activities could be introduced. And then there was true participation and respect for each other's culture, not just the Mokan storytelling, but also the visitors uh, telling stories about their lives in their countries for the Mokan. And also specialist activities for botanists, for students, for young researchers, uh, for nature walking, and for treks. When we talk about ecotourism, it's a niche market, right? It can mean less money return. So how can we convince all stakeholders that is the way to go? Mm. Niche market doesn't have to mean low return. Niche market can be high return exactly. because yeah, uh, several people um, uh, would like to pay more to get the special experience. Um, and uh, i let Uttara uh, expand on that. But I have another point that we never do accounting pros and cons or uh, positive impact uh, uh, evaluation on tourism. We think that, okay, tourism bring income, that's it, that's what we need. But then uh, we don't usually make the analysis on the negative impact on the environment, on the local communities, and on the, the local economy. If um, big tourism companies or uh, chain hotels come in, and then local business might be uh, at the uh, disadvantage. We, we never did the accounting, but I think uh, COVID and pandemic may make us rethink about that, and we might uh, redirect our tourism development direction so that it benefits uh, the whole uh, country. Utala, so what your thought about ecotourism is a niche market? Yes, it is a niche market. And I would like to say that post-pandemic, it will be more and more in demand by more um, guests who really want to experience a culture and do it uh, in a non-crowded manner and uh, enjoy pristine nature after being locked up for so long. <laughs> and to continue on that is on the top end of high-end ecotourism is Bhutan. Bhutan charges $250 a day plus your hotel. And so that brings 2,000 people a year uh, to Bhutan, and that's sufficient income for uh, the hotels, for the country, for the people. So that's at the top end, but there are also other uh, slightly lower high-end journeys where you can keep an entrance fee reasonably high, and a portion of that could go to the Mokan and uh, to the national park, so both would benefit. And then only the tour operators who will agree to bring their guests with the code of conduct, with a guide who's trained, would be allowed to bring journeys, which we did in uh, Wanglang. Then they had to, you know, sign a letter of intent that they will do ecotourism as requested. One more thing that is very important, I feel, is that ecotourism is an additional income to the normal 
livelihood circle. So it doesn't impose on them. And then the income from the ecotourism part, there could be a mechanism set where it is equitably shared by the community. That way there will be no conflict in the future. Nalumon, you think that this is possible in terms of the, if we're going to set up with the Morgan and, and even like other ethnic tribes? as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. And I agree with identifying assets. We usually see the way of life of community as really ordinary and nothing really interesting. But uh, if we create a kind of storylines to help the people recognize how important the livelihood, even the kabang, the boat, um, that has much traditional knowledge tied into that, uh, the people will become more interested and see this as tourism asset. So uh, I would like to stress that seeing the extraordinary out of the ordinary. Ecotourism could become a new practice of tourism. We hope that the stakeholders, particularly the Thai government, will include the Morgan people in any of the efforts to promote tourism in their neighborhood or to launch any development project in the area. Thank you, Uttarasaka Chris from Gyeotang, China, and Associate Professor Narumon Arunotai, Director of Social Research Institute, Jula University, for your thoughtful discussions. And thank you for listening. See you next Saturday. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsorawut with Lawan Jirasurade as the program host and co producer. 